In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. It's not every day we hear from the prophet Zephaniah at Mass. This weekend is just one of two total times our first reading is taken from the book that bears his name. Zephaniah was a prophet not long before the fall of Jerusalem in 587 BC. He witnessed the worship of false gods among the people, and even how they had begun to adopt foreign practices, and he called the Israelite people out on their erroneous ways. Yet in the midst of such depravity, Zephaniah tells the humble of the earth, those who have observed the Lord's law, to seek justice and humility. Perhaps you may be sheltered on the day of the Lord's anger, he says. And his wish that they might be sheltered contains a play on words. Our translation at Mass doesn't quite capture it as well, but Zephaniah hopes that the humble of the earth might be hidden on the day of the Lord's anger. And what does the very name Zephaniah mean? It means God has hidden, or in other words, hidden by God. This remnant, a people humble and lowly, shall be the remnant of Israel after those who had done wrong are removed from the land. We continue hearing from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians for our second reading. St. Paul is reminding them of the way in which they were called. As he continues, he says that not many were powerful, wise, or of noble birth, which was true of the Christians in Corinth at the time of the letter. In Paul's day, there really was no middle class. You had an elite few in society who were quite wealthy, And then you had everybody else, day laborers who lacked any sort of social standing. Yet in three different ways, Paul says that God chose the foolish, the weak, and the lowly to shame, shame, and reduce to nothing those who are something. In the same excerpt, St. Paul uses a phrase which we've discussed before on this show, redemption. He says that Christ Jesus became for us redemption. Redemption was a term used for slaves who were bought at a price and claimed for a new lord. The action was a buying back or ransoming of a slave to set him free or enlist him in new service. St. Paul picks up on the term to describe what Jesus did by his death on the cross. He paid the price for our freedom, ransoming us from death and allowing us to live now for him. Jesus is also at the forefront of our gospel passage this weekend, St. Matthew's Beatitudes. The setting itself for how Jesus delivers these Beatitudes is very important. Our excerpt begins by reporting that when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. Throughout his gospel, St. Matthew wants to portray Jesus as a new Moses. And you'll recall that Moses went up on Mount Sinai to receive and then bring back down the Ten Commandments. Here, in a similar pattern, Jesus is going up, then receiving and bringing a new teaching. What's more, St. Matthew also includes the detail that after Jesus has sat down, his disciples came to him. Jewish rabbis at the time would teach their students by sitting down, and the students would gather around on the ground in front of him. Just like if I told you to start the YMCA and you knew you'd have to stand up and start flailing your arms, if I told you to start teaching in the time of Jesus, you'd say, okay, well, let me find a chair to sit down into. Once Jesus has sat down on the mountain, he gives the Beatitudes. The Greek term, which is translated as blessed in our excerpt, is makarios, and it means not so much happiness as it does being in a favorable situation. For example, if I found out I had the winning Powerball ticket in my hand, then I'm makarios, not because I'm going to be happy taking that month-long cruise, but because I'm now in an enviable position. Jesus wants to flip the understanding of just who is in enviable situations. For example, 
One might say that a person who is rich, doesn't mourn, or have to show any mercy is living a favorable life. But Jesus turns all of that on its head. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, and the merciful. Perhaps it might help to look at these Beatitudes not so much as advice on how to live, as if to say, if I'm not mourning, then I need to find a reason for mourning, but rather that they're declarations over people's present circumstances. If you are mourning, you're in a favorable place because you can prepare to be comforted in the future. To sum it all up, it's as if Jesus is saying it's not the case that if you live these nine ways, you'll inherit eternal life, but rather that those who are already living this way because of how life has shaken out for them are favored and blessed because their present circumstances will be reversed. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this fourth Sunday in Ordinary Time in Year A. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.